Dog Bless You is brought to you by Button Up Box. We love our dogs and want them to be as healthy and as happy as possible. What do dogs want? Love and a delicious dinner, of course. Button Up Box and Wild Heart Foundation have an amazing relationship because we really do care about what our dogs eat. And it's all thanks to a certain rescue called Rudy. Rudy was in a really bad way. Her skin was sore and itchy, her energy was low, and then there were her farts. Absolutely foul. So co-founder and proud owner, Dave, started making her meals from scratch, gently cooking healthy home ingredients. Rudy, within weeks, recovered with more energy, healthy skin, and those farts, all gone. After developing the perfect recipe of 60% meat and 40% vegetables and none of the nasties along with colleague Kev, Button Up Box was born. What I love best is they actually taste the meals themselves and each portion is customized to suit your individual dog's needs. Button Up Box believes dogs deserve better and listeners of Dog Bless You can get 75% off their first two weeks of Button Up Box meals. Just go to buttonupbox.com slash W-A-H-F to apply. And for each new order using this link, an amazing £20 will go to the Wild at Heart Foundation. That's buttonutbox.com slash W-A-H-F. So help rescue a dog today by treating your dog to some fresh, gently cooked meals from Button Up Box. Proud sponsors of Dog Bless You. And welcome to Dog Bless You, the podcast about rescue dogs, the Wild at Heart Foundation charity, and our love of dogs in general. I'm your host, Nikki Tibbles, and in this series, we'll speak to people about their experiences with their companions and how a dog can change your life for the better. But we'll also hear some harrowing stories about the lives of some dogs here in the UK and around the world. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can help end that. But for now, let's meet today's guest. My amazing guest today is one of the founders of the most incredible company who have been partners with Wilder Heart Foundation and are now the wonderful sponsors of Dog Bless You. I would like to introduce you to David Nolan, who is the co-founder of Button Up Box. Good morning, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Oh, I am literally so pleased to meet you. So pleased to meet you. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Kevin is not well and can't be with us today. Yeah, he's uh, feeling a bit queasy. He's feeling that. a bit queasy, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating too much dog food, I hope. <laughs> no, no, his coat's in great condition. He seems very happy. Very happy and healthy. <laughs> um, before we start, I, I actually want to thank you because you have been an amazing support for Wild at Heart Foundation. So for all of our adopters, you send out two weeks free food. Yep, and we're proud to do it. Yep, and you also donate uh, £20 to the foundation for everyone who subscribes from the foundation to Button Up Box. Um, so I am, and the foundation is incredibly grateful for, the inc- for literally your amazing support because it does make such a difference to us and all the work that we're doing globally. Well, just so. yeah, on, yeah, on our side, um, we're yeah, we're really proud of the relationship that we've built together, and 
I guess when we first started the company, we always uh, we always wanted it to be um, you know some kind of engine of positivity, and we wanted yeah. you know as we succeeded, we wanted to make sure that we were giving back to the community. And um, yeah, this has been one of the real success stories uh, of our business. So yeah, really, really, uh, really thankful to, to be working together. And yeah, we hope it continues for a long time. Yes, thank you. We do too, because we love it. And also, <laughs> our adopters love Butternut Box. So we literally have, so everyone will always say to us when we, they get their dogs, we always recommend you. And they are always like, my dog is so happy. Oh, my dog's been on this food and now they're on the Butternut Box. So, so tell, tell me. Okay, and I believe also Butternut Box is the fastest growing dog food delivery company uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I think I think that's probably fair to say. Um, I think we were named as one of the fastest growing pet companies in Europe, and we don't seem to be slowing down. So uh, yeah, I, I hope that's still. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it's uh, yeah, I think for us it's just a, a function of um, you know working really really hard to look after our customers. And yeah, trying to get a little bit better every day. Um, we're definitely not the finished article yet, but what we do have um, is a bunch of re you know, really, really supportive customers, and people can see that we're trying and we're trying to improve. And you know, as long as uh, as long as the product kind of speaks for itself and our food continues to make a difference uh, in the lives of the dogs that we're feeding, you know, if we keep the customer at the heart of what we're doing, then yeah, hopefully things things continue to yeah. to develop and grow. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations. Really appreciate it. And so, so this tell us how it started because it is I mean I know but for our listeners so this is truly the best way anyone should start a business in my opinion because it literally came from your heart yeah it was a very very personal experience um, so we we'd uh, rehomed a dog from Battersea and we were there you know um, our, our previous dog and um, she'd passed away a few months uh, a few months ago and we were just kind of feeling ready that it was you know the time to you know maybe maybe look at giving another dog a home and we were looking at the Battersea website and there was this white staffy with a patch over her eye and yeah. you know a smile on her face oh, my and dogs. yeah it, it, and, it, and it was it was the smile you know I mean it was it, we, we were looking at it and we, and we look at the website with it like there she is yeah uh, and her name was um her name was Snowy and she'd been found uh walking around in the snow uh in oh, Enfield yeah, in North London and um yeah, I mean, we'd, we'd kind of fallen in love with her from a, a picture. And my mum and sister, uh, they said, right, look, we, you know, we're going to go down to Battersea. They, uh, much like you, to be honest with you, they were like, look, you're staying at home. Uh, if, you, you know, if you go in there, you're going to, you know, we don't know how many dogs you're going to come home with. About the 20 dogs, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, come to Puerto Rico with us, yeah. I'm quite worried about that, given, yeah. Yeah, given, the, given the amount of ball breeds that you said. Yeah, over next there. trip. The, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of sitting there at home. Uh, but yeah, my mum and sister went to Battersea. And uh, they found Snowy, and um, she, she, she was actually quite unwell. And uh, she was in a she, she was coming to the end of a period in quarantine. Um, she was in a quarantine kennel. She had a bit of a bout of kennel cough. Um, but kind of mum and sister, you know, twisted the arms of the people that were there, and it was like, look, you know, she's the only dog for us. Uh, they managed to, to to get her and bring her home. And yeah, I mean, look, from, from my perspective, love at first sight. And um, yeah, she she came home with. A, you know, a bunch of health issues, like kind of you know, yeah. niggling complaints. But I guess the thing that she's famous for in our company story, she's like she's the dog that wouldn't stop farting. Right. And it's not a, I wish I could say it was, you know, like a, a really, you know, nicely crafted piece of branding, but it, it wasn't. Um, you know, the first night that she came home, she uh, she stayed in my room at my mum's house and I, I had the box room. So like we're talking, you know, single bed and, and not room for much else. and. And I think I think my mum's friends here, yeah, and yeah. the staffies. And I think I'm, I think uh, we're on the same page here. But I'm the type of person, 
you know, okay, if the dog wants to sleep on the bed, that's fine. But, yeah. but equally, if the dog wants to sleep with her head on the pillow, you know, breathing on me, then that, that's also that's fine. That's also great, yeah. So, that, so you know, yeah. uh, she, she stays with me the first night and just honestly, the, yeah, the chronic flatulence is the way that I would describe <laughs> it. And just every 10 or 15 seconds, you just hear this like, and, and, and you'd be like, oh, God, Lord. So you know, I remember in the morning, my mum opened my bedroom door and she was like, son, what have you been eating? I was like, mum, it's not me. Like, this, this dog is broken. I don't know what we've done here. You know. uh, so, um, yeah, I think so. Well, 24 hours after coming home, she was, she was no longer snowy. She was now Rudy. And yeah. um, we, we, you know, we, we kind of set up upon Genius. this. Genius. Yeah, well, there was only one. One I mean, name for her. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most polite thing that we could have called her. Um, but we were, we were kind of back and forth. And, and, and yeah, to be honest, the... The farting—that's the thing that you can really build a company story around, and people yeah. can people will talk about that. But um, you know, she had she had a bunch of stuff that was wrong with her. Her skin—I mean, she's, she's white staffy. She had, her skin was just pink, like her belly was. Um, yeah, she, she was you know pink bordering on you know red. She wouldn't stop scratching. She had these like dark weepy circles around her eyes. She was constantly scratching at her ears. She, you know, she, she was she was very anxious from you know her, her time in the kennel, and she, she just wasn't a particularly well dog. And we were back and forth from the vets for the first month or so. And, you know, she was on everything, you know, antibiotics, anti-inflammatory, yeah. steroids. And just wasn't, it just wasn't really helping. And, you know, from our point of view, like, you, bring, you, you, know, you walk into Batsy and what you want to do, you want to bring a dog home and you want them to be living their best life. And, and, and Rudy was really struggling. Um, and after a month or so, you know, multiple vet visits, you know, plenty of medicine, plenty of bills. And the vet said, look, maybe this could be food related. Maybe it's her diet that's to blame. Why don't we try putting her on a medicated diet and, and see how she gets on? And we'd, we'd had really bad experience before in the past of feeding medicated food to my first dog. She was a, a, a Rottweiler Alsatian. Um, you and do she, like a big proper dog, yeah, don't she you? Came, you so like she, a proper dog. She came from the, she came from the scrapyard and my, my, wow. my dad went there and there was this puppy sitting there uh, next to the guard dog for the scrapyard. My dad used to work in the motor trade in, uh, in South East London. And um, my, my dad just saw this dog and he, he loved it. And we'd been yeah. asking for a dog for ages. And he was like, oh, what about this dog? And the guy was like, oh, give me a fiver and, and you know, you can have her. So, uh, you know, Cleo comes home that night. But Cleo, oh. she, she actually had, um, she had hip dysplasia and she was fed a, a medicated food. And she just did like incredibly badly on it. And we probably didn't recognise at the time, but just looking back, you know, her hair would, uh, her hair, uh, you know, her coat would come out in, in clumps. She'd be super lethargic. It was really difficult to get her up and going in the morning loads of stuff she just really struggled and I just maybe just like you know thinking back it was like kind of like alarm bell sort of thing it was like look, we don't want to do that again um so we thought okay well look if food is to blame then why don't we start you know controlling the, the food that goes into Rudy's body ourselves we'll cook yeah. for her and hopefully we can you know we can improve our condition and you know happy to say that you know, we're talking like almost immediately, like Rudy's condition just massively improved. And like, yeah. the, you know, the, her stomach, you know, she had, I mean, she had like incredibly like loose poops. Yeah. Yeah. And the farting, I mean, that, 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 that cleared up pretty quickly. You know, then her skin started to calm down and, you know, her eyes stopped weeping. And she was wow. just, it, just, it, it was, it, it was a massive change. And, we, and actually on the, on the other side, this, so we had another dog at the time as well, Sam. So uh, Sam was a, um, the only, the only dog that we've ever had from a breeder and we were supposed to be looking after Sam for a short period of time he's a little shih tzu and we were actually supposed to be looking after him for a few weeks before he went to his forever home as a favour yeah. for someone 
uh, but we, like we fell in love with him. You can't bring a puppy home and have a puppy for like six Bell weeks. Foster. Yeah, it was just a shocker. So you definitely do come to Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, my mum. It's so it's so funny because my mum had always been like, oh, you know, I'm big dogs only. You know, you know, that's not a proper dog. You know, all these yeah. kind of things. And my mum was head over heels with this tiny little Shih Tzu, which was kind of the, you know, the kind of like the antithesis of her relationship with dogs to that point in time. She'd always yeah. been like, you know, boxers and you know, big bouncy yeah. dogs. I've, um, I've only ever had big dogs. Yeah. It, it, I just wouldn't know what to do with a small dog. I mean, it's. I mean, I do sometimes envy though. Just before we go back on Rudy's fabulous story, I do quite like the idea of being able to pick up a dog and hug it. I mean, Lenny, my biggest dog, is sixty-five kilos. So, and you know, we've got Rita and, and it weighs Ruby about the same here. amount as Kev, by the way. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Couldn't pick Kev up and yeah, give him a hug, but. Um, there is something quite nice about having a small dog that you can actually pick up, whereas all mine literally are huge. The thing with Sam, Sam was a bit of a character because we, there was a bit of overlap between Sam and Cleo, our mm. Rottweiler Alsatian. And Sam was just like, to our mind, like a big dog in a small dog's body. Yeah. You used to put him out, um, put him out with Cleo. And she was, she was so gentle and he would be jumping up and, you know, trying to wrestle with her and she would kind of, you know, bend her head down, let, let him have a go and then kind of push him around and he loved it. So we, he had so much personality. Uh, but Sam never really got much of a looking actually in the, in, in the company story, you know, the, really the farting dog was kind of, yeah. you know, the, the thing that you can you know, really build something around. Sam was, at the, at, so at the time that this was going on, Sam was like a 12 year old, um, like, you know, getting kind of like, you know, el like elderly gentleman and never had a good relationship with food. We always struggled to find something that Sam would eat, and he would eat a couple of mouthfuls of food, you know, and then he wouldn't eat for, you know, 24, 36, 48 hours, and my, my mum would be in pieces, and I'd be like, oh God, no, I think this is the, you know, I think this might be it, you know. And then he'd walk over to his bowl, and he'd have another couple of mouthfuls of food, and he'd carry on. Um, but, you know, again, switching Sam to home-cooked food, it was, it was almost, you know, it was, it was just as amazing as with Rudy. Mm. You know, he was visibly excited at mealtimes. Yeah. He would wait for you to, you know, to, to, to put his food down in front of him. And little things, like he'd really started to slow down later on in life. But then he would do things like go and pick up a toy and play for 20 minutes that he hadn't done for, you know, a, a year, a couple of years, yeah. you know. So it was amazing. So, yeah, I guess at, at that point in time, um, we were just a family who seems to have found something that really worked for our dogs and we cooked uh, fresh food every day. So what sort of thing were you cooking for Rudy? Like super basic at the start because yeah. it, it, I guess much the same way when, if your dog's a bit unwell you go to the vets like you, I guess you bring it all back to you know like boiled chicken, mm. brown rice, you know, maybe some pumpkin stirred in and then you know as time goes on it wasn't particularly scientific to be honest with you to be like, like googling you know healthy food for dogs okay well let's try and put some of this in there let's yeah. try and put some of that in there and we built up like these kind of four recipes that we rotated around with the dogs and we'd kind of we'd, we'd moved towards cooking like a batch at the beginning of the week and having it in in, in the fridge and, and and just kind of you know decanting into the bowls at mealtimes and then as Sam really got older he started to demand fresh food every time you know the, the stuff out the fridge wasn't good enough for him anymore so the frequency increased to daily <laughs> again uh, which was which was a lot yeah um and, uh, this went on especially for, for a big dog yeah yeah, yeah and, th and this went this went on for you know you know six seven years I guess you fast forward so um I, Kevin and I met um Kevin and I met at work because um, you worked in a bank yeah exactly yeah so where, yeah where were you working so we, was... we so we met on the first day of our internship at Goldman Sachs that's right uh, yeah. which is like probably not the you know the, the breeding ground for a, a career in dog food yeah um, but me, me, and, me and Kevin met on the first day of work um we became like firm friends straight away and we spent four great years at Goldman loved it loved the trading floor learned so much but after a couple of years, like we knew that we wanted to do our own thing, but we you know, we didn't know what what it was going to be. But we were definitely open to doing something. 
And you know, around, around about this time, I you know come home and I'm sitting at home on a Friday night after you know a hundred hour working week. Yeah. You know, being out with you know clients three nights in the week, absolutely whacked. And you know, got a Chinese takeaway on the way around for me. And then my mum would you know give me a kick. She's a you know pretty unforgiving scouser. And, you know, she'd, kick, she'd give me a kick and she'd be like, I don't know what you're sitting down for. You know, you haven't been here all week. Like you're cooking for the dogs. I'd be like, right. So there I am, you know, take away my own for me. Love your mum. So as I'm standing there and I'm like, this is, this is just, this is insane. There's got to be someone out there who is either as crazy or like, you know, we'll, we'll drop something off similar to what we're doing here. Yeah. So I just Googled home cooked dog food delivery. Like no results. So I'm like, yeah. okay, this is pretty interesting. Um, so I'm walking around the block with Kev on Monday and I was like, oh, I was like, look, mate, I was, you know, I was doing this thing on Friday. As, I, and Kev has a dog. Yeah. So Kev, um, so yeah, so Kev, well, Kev's, uh, Kev, Kev's, Kev, uh, Ace passed away um, just about a couple of months ago. So oh, Kev's I'm like, sorry. yeah, you know, he, he, he had, he had a great innings. He had a, like, he did like, he did so well. He was a really happy dog. Um, so yeah, Kev's kind of in, the, I guess a bit in the recovery mode at the moment. Um, but one thing with Ace so when I explained to Kev, I was like, look, mate, there's this thing that I Googled and it didn't exist. Like, what do you think? And Ace at the time, and I stress at the time, was maybe a bit more of a like rotund gentleman. And I think Kev probably saw the need for some portioning control in Ace's life straight away. His what dad, was he feeding Ace? Ah, uh, his dad's an under the table feeder. Right, um, okay. So just like, you know, like regular dog food yeah. plus, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever Kev's dad was eating. And... Um, yeah, I guess like Kev probably got more excited about it than even I did. And yeah, that weekend I you know, invited Kev around and I was like, look, right, this is what we do. And uh, we're feeding him dog food. And I'm like, this, this, is, you know, this is what we feed our dogs. This, this, this is the so you're both happened. eating the dog food? Oh, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. But that's, that, that was, um, yeah, to be honest with you, that was always part of the course. Yeah. If I was feeding the girls, I'd have a you know, mouthful. Yeah. It was all good stuff. So I'd be like, yeah, lovely, no problem. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a fussy eater. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just you know, showed Kev what we were doing and I explained. And we just both got super excited. Yeah. Um, so two weeks later, we'd um, we drummed up 20 friends. Well, we tried to get 20 friends and family. Um, we tried to find 20 friends. We found 19 friends. Um, and, we, and we just gave food away. And we just said, look, this, this, is, um, this is what we feed our dogs. Could, would, would you try it on your own dogs? And, and just give us some feedback. And the feedback comes back and it was off the charts. And right. what was so surprising, I guess, was there were two, two, two main themes. Um, the first was like, and the first things that you can really improve with a change in diet. So like, I guess like, you know, stomach issues, like yes. poops, poops and smells. Yeah. And we were getting this feedback that, oh, you know, you're, you're, help, you're helping my dog. This, this food really seems to work. I was like, okay, that's really interesting. And, and then the other side, something that I guess isn't, with, before you know about other people's feeding habits with their dogs, you think that, oh, your dogs will eat anything. Yeah. But what we were finding was people come back, oh, you know, I'd really struggle to find something that my dog wanted to eat. Absolutely loves your food. And we were like, okay, well, this is really interesting. But I mean, look, we, we were kind of four years into careers at Goldman and we were doing really well and, and it was great. So it wasn't, we weren't handing in the notice on Monday sort of thing, um, but it, it, it really inspired us. So, so then, you're working at Goldman Sachs during the day, coming yes. home and making dog food at night. <laughs> it, so the, it, 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 yeah, it got pretty deep. Yeah. So then we started to give food away to people one degree of separa separation away from us who didn't know us, uh, didn't know us anything. And we, we gave people food for free. And if they wanted to carry on, they, they had to pay. We needed to understand if people would actually pay for this or it was just our friends being nice to us. Mm. But seven out of 10 people who tried the food then wanted to become a paying customer. At this point in time, we were like, this is really interesting. And we thanked everyone who'd been a part of it so far. And we said, look, we're gonna go away now. We're gonna go and do some work and we might start a dog food company. When we, we sent that email out, 
essentially like you know emails, texts, WhatsApps, phone calls. Guys, you can't take this away from me now. You're either fixing my dog, or yeah. thanks to you, Amazing. my dog doesn't want to do anything else anymore. Yeah. So then this was this was the end of 2015, and we were then we didn't want to let people down, so we carried on. Uh, so we were working in. Were Goldman. you making all this at home? Yeah, yeah, my mum's house. <laughs> yeah. So we were we were working in Goldman Monday to Friday. Um, in the evenings, we'd go up to like the seventh floor to the conference rooms, and we'd be sketching what the company was going to look like and you know what it would mean. And some of the you know think some of the ways that we've matched up, we actually set way back then. Um, but then yet yeah, reverse inquiries kept coming and kept coming, and then yet yeah, February 2016 we quit. And um, we launched a website in, actually the company's going to have its uh, fourth birthday in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. So yeah. Um, Why my, the name? Why button up box? Uh, it's such a great yeah, name. Yeah, it's, 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 this is a funny one. So we did, we really didn't want to have a company that sounded anything like a dog food company. Yeah. We did, we, we, we very, from a very early point in time, we were like, look, we're, our food's different. We're different. We don't want any kind of like, I don't want to start reading off competitors' names, but things that sound like dog. Yeah. And we wanted it to be completely separate. And butternut was just a word that we felt. I was like, okay, well, it's kind of warm, earthy. Yeah. Sounds it sounds it's quite a fun. Great, it's a quite great like word. It, it's a great know. name. And then so we, then we were like, okay, well, look, um, we're gonna uh, butternut.com. Uh, let's let's try and get it. Yeah. And uh, the dot com was taken, so we were like, well, do you know what? It comes in a box. Butternutbox.com. Yeah. There you go. So that, that that's been it. And. Yeah. Um, yeah, people seem Genius. to have like a people. People seem to like it. Like we definitely love it. It means something to us. For, for us, it's about how we make people feel. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that works. But I and and I also think you know I have this thing that, you know, people historically weren't educated about what to feed their dogs. As mm. I mean, I've had dogs all my life. You know, mm. when I was a baby growing up to to now, I always will have a dog in my life. But what I feed my dogs now. And over the probably the last sort of ten years is very different from what we grew up feeding our dogs, you know, mm. because that was what was available, mm. and and that's what I used to feed my dogs. And then you realise actually that, you know, am I allowed to um, am I allowed to say this? But you know you're, that you're actually feeding dogs processed food that you and I would not eat. So why would we feed our dogs something? That you and this is something I feel really strongly about. I wouldn't feed my dogs anything that I wouldn't eat. Um, Hi, Ruby. This Ruby's here. Ruby and Rita have joined us today. Our little Puerto Ricans, um, and um, and I think that's so important. And what you're also doing, which I really admire and respect, is you're educating people to feed their dog good human grade quality food food that you and i would eat and you know i don't know if there is any correlation to this but you know historically my dogs passed away because of cancer you know we're told that eating processed meat is really bad for us processed food and over the last sort of six seven years of my dogs have been fed good proper food and i cook for my dogs Every week I make food for my dogs, but they ate rice and vegetables and they might have some, some fish, but mostly um, I cook a lot of vegetables and, and things for them. And, um, and they're all really well. Mm. And my dogs are so healthy and have no issues, she says touching wood, have no issues whatsoever. You know, they look well, they never go to the vet and they're doing brilliantly. The only reason they go to the vet is for their acupuncture, for their arthritis, because uh, they have 
my old dogs have acupuncture every week. But I mean, you're doing an amazing job educating people to feed their dogs because also your food plans are tailored to the type and the breed of dog. So you're also recognizing that dogs need different types of food like us you know we don't eat the same food every day it's like mm. you know we all feed our dogs the same food well, we all eat feed, most people i'll start that again most people feed their dogs the same thing every day don't they mm -hmm. but with you they don't have to do that and you also tailor make plans of food for people's dogs yeah i think so in in, in my seat i need to i definitely need to be careful in the way that I phrase my response yeah. but I think one thing that we definitely try to educate customers on and we have to be conscious of um, that we're, we're premium dog food yeah. and I think that people get an <clears throat> awful lot of value from being our customer and I think for, for our price point I think the, the quality is amazing for whatever reason if people can't afford, afford to feed our food I think the, one of our big education um, educational messages would be just feed you know the best that you can the best that you can afford I think that's massively important in yeah. the first instance um, for us it's never really been about you know mincing fillet steaks and trying to be you know the shishi London dog food company yeah. what we've really tried to do is focus on ingredients and process and try but you know and because we go direct to the customer there's no retailer sitting in between us and you know the home that it ends up in um, and what we find is we can deliver a much better quality product for a price point that sits, you know, amongst um, other premium brands. Um, and yeah, you're, you're quite, quite right in what you say that, you know, we, what we try to do is understand as much as we possibly can about your dog, yeah. what's going on in their life, any pre-existing medical conditions, and then make sure that they're on a meal plan that delivers variety and also everything that they need to, you know, to, to hopefully live a healthy, happy and, you know, longer life. Yes. And that's, that, that's everything that the company's about. Um, that's something kind of on the product side, and then I guess you're on the um, maybe on the social impact side, recognizing that like our whole company came from a rescue dog, yes. and what we wanted to do when we were, you know when we were sitting way back in uh, in the Goldman times, sitting there on the seventh floor thinking about what our company would stand for one day, and we always said, well look, every time that someone signs up with us, and every time our company grows, we want to give back. Um, and you know now that that really snowballs as the company starts to you know build momentum, and now we've got there's a, there's a rescue farm uh, like a rescue home down in Kent uh, called Fall Farm, not too far away from yes, where I grew up. I know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know Fall Farm, yeah. Yeah. Um, so like their kennels, um, all their dogs uh, that are there waiting to be rehomed, uh, all fed butternut every day. Amazing. Uh, which is which is it's yeah. it's great. Like we we go there once a year as you know the the whole company. Um, we try and get involved in some of the more like manual labour jobs that need to get done. Yeah. Last year we were building bunny hutches and putting up fences in one of the pony fields. Oh, it's incredible. It's, yeah, it's good fun. It's really good. And uh, yeah, how satisfying! I mean, yeah. I mean, what a great. Can I come and work with you? Oh yeah, well, if you're more <laughs> than welcome, you'd fit, you'd fit that, right in. I mean, just to work also with a company who um, not only is creating the most amazing product, but you are giving back again is a massive lesson to so many people. And in a way, that's why I started the foundation because you know I have my flower business and I've been doing okay and. You know, I always feel... I'm a customer, by the way. Thank you very much. No, Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> Do we need to give you free flowers for two weeks Oh, no, 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 no. More than Every happy to Every time you order, no, thank you. But, um, you know, it's so good to, again, to, to hear from you that you do so much to give back because you feed for stray dogs yep. and you're helping 
rebuild shelters and all of those things. So, I mean, it's just the most extraordinary there was one other message. Point. Yeah, one thing that we did get, and it was quite hard, at, particularly at the beginning, and so people always try and knock you, you know, whatever you're doing. And yeah. I remember one of the challenges that we got an awful lot was, um, you know, there, there are people out there that are you know, struggling to make ends meet and put food on the table. So why, you know, why are you guys focused on on, on feeding dogs really good food? And and, and obviously, like your, your gut reaction there is, you you, you know, you, you you get upset and you're like, well, why do any of us do anything then? Let's all just stay mm. at home and worry about all the problems in the world. But we, we tried to be constructive with that, and we thought, okay, well. You know that 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 is um, that's a challenge. I don't know if I'd say it's the fairest challenge, but it's a challenge nonetheless. Um, so we we started to think about how we could we could make a difference there. Um, so we, we our office is based in Wood Lane. Um, so we'd be in Hammersmith and Fulham mm. um, would be our borough. Um, so we we reached out to the local food bank and just tried to understand you know their financial position and you know could, could we support there in any way because we recognise that we do have like you know neighbours that are in need. So as far as I know it, we're the only company uh, in the borough that are committed to um, monthly regular giving. And the, their budget deficit for last year was actually like a, a really nice butternut shaped hole. And we thought, okay, well look, we'll, we'll try and fill that. Um, and that's been amazing. Like at, at Christmas time, we had like half, you know, half the office in there um, volunteering, which was really cool. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to look at, okay, look, how can we give back to the dog community? But then how can we yeah. recognise some of the other, you know, social causes that are around us that maybe our business touches upon? So hopefully, hope we're doing what we can, you know. Yeah. Um, which will, if we all do what we can, the world's going to be a much better place, isn't it? Things. I mean, being kind, which you obviously clearly so are. And being kind doesn't cost anything to, you know, just smiling at someone, recognising someone, helping someone with something. But giving back, I think, is so important Actually, right to, now. Well, I think, and, and, and you know, I don't want to sit here and, and claim that this is this is all me or all me and Kev. Like, our team are, I mean, they're, they're such an engine um, for, for positivity. I mean, yeah. just a, one call out. Um, Sarah, uh, who's our uh, vet nurse on the team, she flew to uh, Iraq a couple of weeks ago. And this is just after the Qasem Soleimani assassination, right. when it was really kicking off in the region yeah. that she went to. And she uh, she flew over to Iraq and she was there for a week um, and she was uh, delivering essential care in Spain um, off her oh. own back, which was a uh, neutral in Spain. Yeah. So it's, she's, she's amazing. She was in Chernobyl uh, last year. Um, sterilising dogs there. It, she's she's incredible. So yeah, like I say, it's not it's it's not just the company. It's certainly not just me and Kev. It's the, you know all the individuals around the business and and you know partnering up with with with, um, with people that we're close to. Yes. It's been yeah, it's been an amazing journey. It's been uh, really maybe, good. Maybe we could ask Sarah to come on some trips with us. I don't think you'd have to persuade her. I think <laughs> I, I think Puerto Rico sounds um, yeah. Puerto Rico is amazing. I mean we we we're, we're just out there. The team are out there at the moment, and we have sterilised. 3,700 dogs in six days. That's incredible. Uh, but they have a, a terrible issue there with food. I mean, food for people eat fast food. Mm -hmm. The food they feed their dogs is, is not great. But also there's half a million stray dogs on Puerto Rico, um, none of which are treated, you know, as we treat our dogs. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not the abject cruelty that we find in other countries, but you know, there's definitely an issue there with, I mean, half a million stray dogs on a tiny island of a population of three and a half million. You know, that, that's a lot of dogs that are born into a life of misery 
on, on the streets. So we're, try we're trying to make a difference, but we've got lots of projects. And actually interesting talking about Iraq. I mean, we want to work in the Middle East because there's a burgeoning problem mm -hmm. in the Middle East because yeah. there are people there never used to have dogs. And now they do because, you know, there are so many puppy mills and all these dogs are flown in because people see that they want a French bulldog or a husky or, or dogs that are completely inappropriate to certain countries. And then, of mm -hmm. course, they know nothing about them and they just get dumped in the desert. So there is a, a, a real problem about to emerge in the Middle East in terms of dogs and the, the, the vast quantity of dogs that are being dumped and therefore breeding and very soon, you know, if we if we don't do something about it now, we'll find that there's going to be the same same sort of problem that there is in countries like Thailand and, and mm. India, where there are millions of dogs on the streets. Um, so you do great food, so much back to the community. You're flying your team out to volunteer for various projects. I have to ask Sarah very much flew herself out. I okay. wish I, we should we should have flown you, her out. But we you, should have flown her you out actually. Let her have the time off today. Oh, completely. Yeah, she's yeah. A, she's a rock star. She really is. So, in any business, in setting up any business, there are challenges. I mean, mm. what have what's been the biggest challenge that you have faced? Yeah, I guess um, particularly in the early days um, when you're trying to do something new and. I, you know, I guess set, setting up a dog food company when you want to make your own food is really expensive yeah. um, because straight from the off you've got no customers, but you need uh, you, know, you need you need somewhere to make the food. So you essentially need a, you know a, a large scale production kitchen and you've got no customers. So we had to go out pretty early on and try and raise some money and try and convince some investors that this was a good thing and and, and this was important. And yeah, naturally when you're trying to do something new. And um, you know you have to knock on a lot of doors, yeah. and you get a lot of no's. And um, that was that was definitely challenging in the early days. And I guess that then when we we first got going, um, like me and Kevin, we, we had to do, we had to do a lot. Um, we were we were the whole company for you know a, a decent period of time. So I, I always remem remember Mondays were like quite a challenge for the first you know first year or so, in that we would work a full day on Monday. Mm. And then we'd go to um, the cold store where we kept our food. And between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., we would pack our delivery boxes up for the customers. Right. And then at two... <laughs> Cooking and packing. <laughs> we, we were doing everything. Was it just the two of you? Just the two of us, yeah. yeah. Um, and then at 2 a.m., we would load the van up with uh, the boxes. And we would uh, then we'd deliver the boxes between 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. Because we felt that the best customer experience was for someone to not have to wait around for a delivery. And they could just open their front door and th th their delivery would be there. And then at 7 a.m., um, we, we kind of finished the round. And then, you know, it'd be time to you know, shower, have a cup of coffee. And then we'd have to work Tuesday because we were the whole company. So who was going to be there for, you know, talking to the customers, um, you know, marketing, all, the, all yeah. the other good stuff that we were trying to do and trying to grow the business. Um, so we didn't sleep on Mondays for six or seven months, and that that became like really, really challenging. Like our, our girlfriends were like, "Guys, you, you know, you need yeah. to you need to make some change because this is this isn't um, it's this not isn't, sustainable. It's is not sustainable." <laughs> so that, I guess it, that that was that, that was a really hard period of time trying to get the business going. Um, but then you know you, you start to get a, a bit more traction, and your know, customers are coming back and, and they're buying more food. You, you know, the flywheel starts spinning, the business starts to work. Then we, we've been so lucky in the team that we've hired. We've, we've found some amazing people. 
And um, we work with Hannah. Yeah, yes. Who we love. Uh, honestly, there's, there's love Hannah. There's so she is the most fanatical dog person. Yes. I, until I came to your house this morning, I think yeah. I never met. <laughs> um, and yeah, she. I mean, she's uh, she's incredible. She 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 like backflips into work every day with a massive smile yeah. on her face. She's so enthusiastic. And like her and Bella are just like, uh, yeah, they, like they, they bring a smile to everyone's face every day. Yeah, we so have lucky. an amazing team. We're, we're so lucky. How many of you now? Uh, we are 86. <gasps> yeah. Wow. And honestly, they are, going to work every day, hey Ruby, um, going to work every day is just, it's such a treat. Like, 86. And to, be, and to be honest with you, as, as the business grows, you know, Kevin and I went from being kind of, you know, we, 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 we were hands on the tools and we were doing everything. And now it's just, it, we're just I, I think I can speak for the pair of us, we're just so proud to be associated with everyone else's work inside the yep. business. And like I said, we're not there yet. Um, we're definitely not the finished article. Like th there are things that we could be doing better. There's so much that we want to do, you know, we, so much more we want to do for the customers. Um, but we're trying and that's the main thing. You know. But you source sustainably, uh, your packaging is recyclable. I mean, you have all the right messages for our current climate and all the work that you're doing. So what is the future? What is the future for Butternut Bucks? Where are you going? For, I guess for us, we've always been in a position where um, we like there, there have been times where we couldn't make our food fast enough, and mm. we, we you know we've been really lucky in that our message and and the product and the offering is resonating with people. Um, but for us, the, the, a really big project that we're working on now is what's next for um, for our production of the food, and um, spending an awful lot of time. On, I mean, we, we've we've been learning now. I mean, you know, making fresh dog food didn't exist four years ago. Yeah. Um, now we've got kind of four years of learnings behind us, and we're doing a, a, a lot of work now on our next larger um, production kitchen, and hopefully, what that's going to unlock, uh, you know. A bit more variety on the product side that it's just difficult for us to do at the moment. Um, you know, maybe a quarter, a third of our of, of, um, of our team are vegetarian or vegan, and a, you know, a vegetarian recipe is something that we feel really passionately about bringing yep. out. And Amazing. There's nothing. You know, I, I think we have to all be. Um, you know, in, in, in the time that we're living in, I think we all have to be really um, cognizant of the impact that we have. Um, but for, I think as a, a, you know, a company that um, is involved in the meat industry, we need to recognise the fact that protein has an impact yes. on our environment. And we're not going to, it would be a dangerous place for us to, um, to say to customers, this is what you should do. Of course. But what we sh what we should do as um, you know, hopefully a responsible uh, res responsible pet food company um, is we, we should give people options. Yes. So we're really passionate about um, about getting what we, we we've got um, we've got a fish recipe at the moment that we're finally finally I think people are sick of hearing us talk about it. But that's going to be um, that's going to be released in the coming weeks. And then you know the, the the next thing for us to look at will be how do we um, how do we enable our production kitchen to be able to produce vegetarian food? Right. So that'll be something important for us yeah. going forward. Really excited about that. And it, that's amazing because it is about giving people choice. And I think that you know we pe people do feed their dogs meat in the same way they have to have their collars, and we can't make those choices for people. And as a a charity, we work with brands who do produce leather product and. Whatever. I mean, it, it's 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 everyone's individual choice. But I think, mm. as in everything in life, it's it's a choice for you know, if you've got a choice between meat and vegetarian, and you can mix all that up. And you know, it's good good for you, good for everyone, good for the environment, good for good for your dog too. And mm -hmm. to have proper vegetarian food, which obviously you'll be making, is 
is great for to, to be able to give people that that choice. Yeah, Fantastic. and I think just to give people some confidence as well, you know, we, we spend an awful lot of time on our supply chain yes. and our protein supply chain in particular. Yeah. And you know, we, we you know we're dealing directly from source. You know, we know we, you know we know the farmers that we're dealing with. Yeah. The, the you know we, we don't we don't just take uh, product from anyone. The you know the the process that people have to go through to be a supplier for us is um, is extensive and you know we have a team of um, you know four people who just think about raw materials and wow. think about protein and think yeah. about where we're sourcing our ingredients from all the time um, and this and, and for us this you know that that what's next piece is just about making sure that we're set up you know for the next ten years yes. you know we want we want to make sure that we can um, we can give people the choices that reflect how people are starting to think yeah. about their own choices in life because in a way I mean it's sort of endless because there are so many options because you you are so successful and so well known and you're the quality of your product is incredible. Almost everything that you can do, your dog treats, you know, if you came up with a range of sort of powders that go on dogs' foods for certain conditions or, or any of these things, you know, you, there, there is a world of opportunity out there for you, which is also great for every dog owner. Yeah, I guess we, we've always been... We, We'd always You're going been, global. Uh, well, <laughs> we, we, it was it was always an interesting one for us because people, cu- customers have built trust with us and love the brand and, and and they trust our product. And we've been for a long time. We've been asked to do more. And I, I guess one thing that it was always a conscious choice for me and Kev that you know we felt there was so much work to do to to get dog food right that we didn't just want to be throwing products at people and you know ever come across as you know the you know the the, the finance guys turn dog food guys who just throw products at people that's yeah. not that's not what it was about but at this point in time now you know now we've got a team behind us and now that people do trust the the you know the the, the, the the products that we send out are associated with quality. Yeah. There is an opportunity for us to do more, and, yes. and people ask us to do more every yeah. day. Um, it's, it's really about it's really about picking what we should do next. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we, we we brought out treats um, at the end of last year, and that, that was yes. super successful. That was great. Um, yeah. But God, the things that, that we that we get asked to do, you know, um, supplementation, um, pe- periodic medicine, a lot of st- a lot of stuff on like seasonal gifts yes. and toys and, and all this fun stuff. But it's about never losing sight of what the core is. And look, we know that if a dog is eating our food, you know, like we feel really, really confident that every dog that starts to eat our food, you know, we're going to make a difference. Yes. And let's keep that at the heart and, of everything. And, you are. and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. In so many different ways. Yeah, it's great. So it's great. It really, is a dream, honestly. It, going to work every day is a dream. I, can, I mean, and who can ask for more? And, and you've got two incredible dogs. Yeah. So oh. should we talk about Rudy and Daisy? Yeah, we should. Let's talk we about should. Rudy and Daisy. We should. So we know Rudy was your fabulous staffy rescue from Battersea, who's now eleven. Yeah, yeah, eleven, eleven, twelve. Yeah, my mum, my mum thinks it likes to age her, but um, yeah, I, I say she's eleven or twelve. Yeah. I think I've pretty much got her aged. Yeah, I always do that. I always think because all mine are rescues, so I'm I'm always like knock off a few years because yeah. I think yeah she can't. She's only seven when she's probably about nine or ten. But anyway. Well, actually, she um, went, Rudy went to the uh, to the vets. Um, my my mum took her to an, uh, a new vet. Uh, this was this was going back a couple of months, and when uh, when mum told her her age, uh, uh, the, the vet was blown away. She was really? like, I, just, I can't believe it. She looked like a five year old. Oh, honestly, like younger even. She's 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 in such good nick. She's um she's yeah she's a super happy dog. She's she's amazing. 
amazing. Amazing. Well, obviously, something to do with what she's eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my mum. It's, it's really funny. My, my, my mum cooks. Uh, my mum cooks fresh for them every day. Still. Does Try she? and say to her mum, look, we, we don't. She cooked for you. Yeah. <laughs> less and less. You, you, you come home with a Chinese takeaway. Less and less. <laughs> and Rudy and Daisy are being cooked fresh food. Um, and so, so Daisy, tell tell me about Daisy. Ah, uh, Daisy. So Daisy, um, a rescue. A bit, a bit of an interesting situation as to how, like how um, how she came to um, to be with us. But um, she was about nine months old um, when, she, when when she came to our place, and she, I mean, she was just obsessed with Rudy. Like she, she really was. She wasn't that interested in people after walking through the door and, and seeing Rudy for the first time for quite a long time, and she's been with us for. God, I'm trying to think now. Four or five years. Five years she's been with and us. And she's a... Uh, sorry, she's a, an American bulldog. Um, she's got like a big jowly face. But she's face. a rescue too. Yes. And yeah. she's she's um, she's super slender. Um, yeah. And she's got this really jowly face. And one of her iris uh, is flat on one side. And it puts this expression on her face, particularly if she's tired or she's in any way not particularly thrilled with what you're doing. She kind of looks yeah. down her nose at you and these jowls come down. Actually, she's the most amazing dog. She's amazing. She's now she, she's much more interested in people now, which is quite nice yeah. when you're when you're a human. And she kind of gives Rudy a bit of peace. But um, yeah, she just bounces around and she's like typical American bulldog, wants to jump up, wants to give you a hug. If you're not used to big dogs, that can be yeah. a bit of a challenge, but uh, yeah, we're working on that. Yeah, I think you that. and I probably like the same kind of dog. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if there's any, any any kind of suspicion of like a, a, a bull, uh, yeah. any kind of terrier, any kind of like you know, big, muscly, maybe yeah. a little bit scary looking dog that you know is kind of soft in the middle. That's um, yeah, that's that's what happens in my house. I know. I mean, I I grew up with boxers. I think you said your your yeah. mum grew up with yeah, boxers. Yeah, Butch, her first so, dog. Butch. Butch. My yeah. first dog was Buster. That's funny. <laughs> first dog was Buster. And um, we grew up with, with, you know, I've always had big dogs, but I love these big, I mean, I love pit bulls. And I mean, one of my most favorite times of my life is going, and I've been out to Puerto Rico in the last sort of two years, maybe seven or eight times. And one of the first times we went out to assess the problem before we set up our first clinic, we would be driving around the island and we would be picking up litters of dogs or pit bulls and their mothers and whatever and I was staying in this hotel and I went with this amazing photographer Aidan O'Neill who comes with us on all our trips and at one point in our hotel suite so we had this suite in the hotel we had 30 pit bulls oh in our hotel suite it sounds like heaven it was heaven <laughs> it was heaven I have got the most amazing photographs of these pit bulls and one of them had this beautiful heart on her head. And she had, I mean, she must have had litter after litter of puppies. So we had her and her puppies, and I, had, I was bathing them in a roll-top bath <laughs> in this beautiful bathroom. And there was sort of like one day the cleaner, and there were like 10 of them out on the balcony of this sort of like hotel suite that we were given. Um, and the cleaners literally just looked up and there were these like 10 pit bulls looking down and she's like, I think I'll come back later. We can get our room cleaned for two weeks. <laughs> but um, they are the most extraordinary dogs, no? And yeah, they, yeah. they have such a bad reputation. But I mean, I believe that there is no such thing as a bad dog. I mean, I think we just are bad owners. And I think, you know, we've a lot, we have a lot to learn from dogs and we can learn so much from them but 
I mean, they're just such extraordinary, I, extraordinary creatures. Yeah, and no, I completely agree. I had, a, I had, um, I had a pit bull myself, uh, she, uh, rescue, and I wanted to give, her, I wanted to give her a name that no one would ever be scared of her. Yeah. yeah. And so she, she was, um, she was sprinkles. 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 And she she was honestly we were we were inseparable. Um she 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 she, she got um so she used to come to work with me every day. Uh she, you know, we'd we'd wake up in the morning, we'd be like, right, come on. And when when I first started taking her to work, she'd jump uh, she'd jump into the van with me every morning. She'd be you know, she'd be delighted, she she'd be she'd be so happy. And then, um, yeah, after maybe six months, and particularly like in the winter when it would get dark, I'd, I'd literally have to you know, drag her out of bed in the morning. I'd be like, come on, sprinkles, come on, we've got to go and do this. But yeah, we, we, were, we were a bit of a double act, me and her. When I, I used to go to the same cafe for breakfast every morning. Wow. And Alison, the lady who used to work in there, she used to take a little sausage out for sprinkles every day. And it was super nice. And she, she, we, we lost her before our time, um, which was super sad. But oh, uh, yeah, it, it completely broke my heart. I, I was, I was it actually, is heartbreaking. Yeah, it was horrible. It came it's out, awful. It's it the just, worst thing ever. Uh, it came out of nowhere. And I, it, actually, I'd, I'd started seeing, um, I, I was seeing a girl, um, and I only just started seeing her, and it was the first time that I'd ever been to her family's house, and I was having Sunday dinner there. And the phone call came through about what had happened to Sprinkles. And honestly, like, I, I mean, I lost it. Like I lost it completely. Needless to say, that relationship didn't last very long. But I said to get out of there. It was the. We, it was one of the saddest moments. What happened to her? Uh, she, she, she caught a virus, and oh. um, it was it was really really quick. And I, uh, she she was spayed. She had a complication, and then um, yeah, within uh, forty eight hours, that, <gasps> that, that was it. Yeah, it was really sad. She was I'm she was so honestly my best sorry. friend. She was my best friend. She was uh, she was amazing. So. We, they are our best uh, friends, I'm, aren't they? I'm, on, I'm, I'm, so I'm getting married at the end of the year, and um, we congratulations! Were, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And we were talking about having, um, you know, like a um, where the marriage registry is having a you know, picture of myself and um, myself and Gemma's grandparents are no longer with us. So we're thinking about having a um, grandparents' pictures there, where the where the registry book's going to be. And I was like, listen, like, is there any chance of having sprinkles? sprinkles. <laughs> she was like, she was like, listen, she was like, listen, Dave, like, I love you, but that, I, I, I don't know if I can have a picture of you. I, I next literally to think that would just be absolutely genius. Uh, that I, yeah, yeah, I, I would do that. I got married in France forever ago because I could have my dogs walk me down the aisle in this church in France, and they came to my. They were at my wedding. They came to my parents funeral i mean and literally my dogs come everywhere with me and i can't imagine being with anyone who'd be like i'm sorry nick but the dog's not sleeping in the bed i woke up this morning and i had ruby on the pillow next to me and rita literally has to she's for anyone who doesn't know what rita looks like she looks a bit like a wall hog but she is a sort of like pit bull type cross from puerto rico and she just lays on top of me so you wake up in the morning completely squashed by this sort of, you know, thing of a big lump of a dog with Ruby on a pillow. And, it sounds like know, a dream to be honest is, with you. It is a dream. It is a dream. Well, as and we've discovered today, like, I only live around the corner, so I'm going to yeah. bring Gemma around and make sure you have <laughs> you a few words with her. a bit more, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should take them for a walk. I'm, not, I'm so game. You don't, need to, you don't need to twist my I, I have to meet Daisy and, and Rudy. Oh, God, I hope you're ready. To, to be with these you, two. I'd they normally get be on, nervous, though. but actually with you, I feel, I feel very, very comfortable. Yeah, no, I'd be absolutely in my element as many dogs. I mean, my dream, I don't know what your dream is, but my dream is to we'd love the foundation would love a sanctuary um because i think we want to get more children involved in education and working with dogs and you know you've grown up with dogs and it teaches us so much no it yeah. teaches us about 
so much about life and and love and respect and responsibility and being physical mm -hmm. and 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 it teaches us about yeah, loss as well which yeah. i think is so important and so you know as, for us as a, a charity in the foundation we we want to work more with children and animals so you know my dream is to have a, a sanctuary where you know, I have rescue pigs and rescue goats and rescue dogs and donkeys and cows and every animal. And we bring children out to spend time. And actually, we grow vegetables because I think a lot of kids don't know how a potato is grown these days. We're so far removed from our food and all of those things. But, you know, to live in a, on a house in the middle of nowhere where I have floor to ceiling windows and I've got feral kids and... <laughs> Donkeys and cows and goats and pigs. I can have a pig on my sofa and, you know, a donkey in my kitchen and a couple of dogs on my bed, 50 dogs, and I would be so happy. Well, listen, if you need a corporate, uh, you need a corporate partner in that, I think... Um, should we, should yeah, we open I, a shelter? Listen, but I think Butternut Box, that, 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 that really sounds like something we can get involved in. As long as I can get, like, a guest room in the house yeah. and, uh, and my own pig, then, then that would be fine. You, just going back to, um, to Rudy... And oh, to Daisy. Yes. So yes. I want to know what if Rudy was a person, who would she be, and what is she going to sound like? Oh, do you know every every time I walk through the door, she does this thing. Uh, it, you know when you have these like stupid words for things that your dogs do. I call it the snarly face, and she gets she gets so excited that her nose kind of scrunches up, her, yeah. her teeth are all on show, and it's like yeah. she's smiling. You know, yeah. she's so excited. Um, so she's like, she's kind of, you know, when her canines are hanging out, she kind of looks like a little Tasmanian devil the way she comes <laughs> bounding up to me. Um, so she, yeah, I mean, she, 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 Sam actually, Sam the Shih Tzu, he had his own voice, but Rudy's never really, uh, never really developed a voice at home. Um, but she's just, she's, she's so affectionate and she's so loving. All, all she wants to do is, she, she just, she just wants to be stroked, she just wants to be touched. So you're fine as long as you've got movement and you're, and you're touching her. If your hand's moving in some way and you're stroking her, fine. The second that you stop, it's that, you know, the paw the goes paw. on, yeah. she's licking your hand, she's moving herself on yeah. you. She's, it, you know, she, it, she is, um, she's a bit of a handful in that respect, but she's, she's just such a wonderful, kind, soft creature. And she's super patient with Daisy because Daisy, like Daisy wants to play and, and, and you know, she, she wants to be rolling around with Rudy and mm. wrestling with Rudy. Uh, to, to be fair, much like like Rita and Ruby. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, Rudy's very very patient with her. Um, what would she sound like? Uh, oh God, don't make me do this. <laughs> don't, don't make me do this. How about Daisy? What would Daisy sound da oh, like? Daisy's g completely gormless. She's um, oh she she'd just be like a deep bellowy. Uh, just I can't I can't do this. Eighty six people in the office will kill me if I start talking to my dogs. <laughs> if you if you if you want someone to talk for them, my mum. They've got their own Instagram page, and my really? mum actively talks for them. And that is that is one step into the dog world that I okay. cannot. I think take. we I think we need to get your mum on this podcast too because she <laughs> literally sounds like the woman I would absolutely love. You would be good friends because she she's obviously brought you up with dogs. Yeah. All your life, I she, imagine. Yeah, she. I think with mum, mum definitely wanted more kids, and um, just yeah, for for for, um, for one reason or another, you know, that that never happened. And she just she she needs to have 
um, you know, so, like some someone or something to um, to love and to dote and to yeah to, to fuss over. And she's such she she takes such good care of the girls. She really yeah. does. Um, so yeah, she's she's a very very uh, very loving person. Well, and she's obviously taught you a lot about love and giving back and being the most amazing person that you are. And well, she tried. She tried. Honestly, I am literally sitting here because you probably you can't see this, but I have the biggest smile on my face because. It has been such a joy to talk to you. I absolutely love what you do. Thank you so much for being here and for everything you do. And I absolutely, utterly love everything that you stand for and you are. Well, the, fe- so the feeling you. is very mutual. It's always uh, very difficult to hear um, someone being uh, so nice, but um, we'll like deflect it onto uh, everyone in the company and uh, yeah, and all of our wonderful customers because they make they make it happen. They do. It's yeah. like our adopters. We couldn't do what we do at the foundation without amazing people who adopt our dogs and raise awareness. And to, you know, we all want to be encouraging people to rescue dogs because 600 million stray dogs in the world. And we bring in something like 400,000 puppy mill bred dogs, which we've got to stop. So the more of us out there spreading that message about rescue and, you know, sort of trying to make a difference in our world. I think it's great. Well, happy so. to be working together. It's um, yeah, it's uh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you, thank you so much. And, and please give my love to Kevin, and I hope he feels better. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope he does too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. So that's our show for today. If you want to share your dog stories, please email info at podpeopleproductions.co.uk or send pictures to at podpeopleuk on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We'd really love to hear from you. If you like today's show, please subscribe and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts. It does help other dog lovers to find us. Dog Bless You was produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions and presented by me, Nikki Tipples. The music by Mike Hansen. And if you want to join or contribute to the Wild at Heart Foundation, please go to wilderheartfoundation.org. Thank you so much and see you soon.